going to say this once before the show and once at the end of this segment. I do not consider Drew O'Connor to be the next Matthew Kachuk. I don't think of anyone anymore the way I think of Matthew Kachuk, not even Brady Kachuk. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also happen to offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place you found this. Panthers 4, Hurricanes 3, completing the sweep of a of a, an Eastern final that was actually a lot more balanced than that might suggest. But the difference, well, the difference is were the goaltending of Sergei Bobrovsky and the relentless clutch big time mega stones scoring of Matthew Kachuk. What he was able to do, not just in this series, but also in the previous series against the Bruins, is otherworldly. I mean, they're making historical comparisons. He's got he's now figured in, meaning he's either scored or set up eight game winning goals for the Panthers this postseason. That puts him into some extraordinary company. I've seen the list. I'm not going to be able to rattle it off to you here. But just for some perspective here, one of the very, very few players who's had more was Mario Lemieux in 1992. He was in on nine. Anytime you're even making it into the same breath as Mario, you're doing something, particularly around playoff time. And yeah, do you watch these games and think what would the current Penguins look like if they had one of these guys? I guarantee you they're doing it in at least 30 markets, probably not as much in Ottawa because they have a Kachuk. But the Penguins, these Penguins, could so very sorely use someone who drives to the net, who has a finishing touch, who isn't afraid to get physical, and they and they don't. And O'Connor isn't that player. Mike Sullivan has spent a lot of time speaking with O'Connor, uh, away from the rink even. O'Connor shared with me multiple times, by the way, over this past season, conversations that we had, uh, especially on the road. And it, it, it most of it was centered on get in there, bang, be physical, win the puck, win the battles that you're in. You should be with all that size you've got and the speed and your ability to be that forecheck guy. And, and the kid did. Early, it was to a fault. Early, he was just skating around looking to run up hits, and that's never that's never something that Sullivan or his coaches want to see. It entertains the crowd, you know? When Brandon Tanev, who was the last guy to do that for Pittsburgh, would do it, it'd be like, whoa, Tanev, you're the greatest. Why can't everybody be like Tanev? Because then everybody would be out of position. But if you're doing it with a purpose, if you're getting in on the forecheck the way O'Connor did – Listen, my friends, you saw it. I don't have to tell you how good he was on the forecheck. He would go in there and just swallow people up. And what is it that they've been saying about the Panthers through this whole run? Not just about Kachuk, but about their whole team. They're coming in 
with speed, but they're coming in with size and they're coming in with snarl. Not the old school crap. Okay, please don't put me into that pile. That's not me. It's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about the value, the massive value that comes with a forecheck. And O'Connor would show this. And O'Connor would occasionally show he had himself a pretty nice touch, too, whether it was scoring his own goals or setting up others. And what do you know? O'Connor goes over to Tampere, Finland right now, where the IIHF World Championships are happening. And the United States made it through the prelims at 7-0. They're facing Czechia later this morning, uh, U.S. Eastern Time. But he's come out of there with three goals and two assists in seven games, and he's made a difference. He's made an impact, both physically and otherwise. Yeah, why doesn't he play more often in Pittsburgh? Why isn't he considered even the most remote possibility for one of the top two lines? Why is it seen as completely unthinkable that he would take a spot next to Sidney Crosby, next to Evgeny Malkin. And yeah, I know, I know, left winger, Jake Gensel and Jason Zucker and, and everything else here. I get that. But I also get that you can do different things within the scope of building a hockey team. If you don't have a third-line center, you don't have a fourth-line center, and the Penguins absolutely had neither. And you want to try to make your team overall younger, more energetic, more dynamic, uh, harder to play against. Then you do things like that, and you tell Zucker, listen, we're going to put you on the third line. We're going to try to uh, manufacture a third line out of nowhere, just a bunch of energy guys like you, and we have enough faith in your skill that you can do that. None of it happened. I'm wasting everybody's time here. None of this happened. None of this came close to happening. And at the end of the night, you'd look at the score sheet, and you'd see O'Connor had... His standard eight minutes, if that, wasn't really utilized on the PK, even though he'd been getting trained for that at Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. And he never got a chance to run up the kind of big man momentum that you'd want. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that, if you love hockey, you've been watching it for years or watching it all your life. You know what I mean when I say big man momentum, because you've seen these types of players. They're like a snowball. They'll gather moss as they're heading down the hill. I'm going way back to Kevin Stevens. I could go back even further than that. When you see a player like Matthew Kachuk performing the way that he is, you see him being in the right place at the right time, but you also see that big body just constantly moving his feet and doing so with confidence. And when he gets the chance in front of the net, what does he do with it? He doesn't mess around with it, does he? You saw it again last night. He just gets it and shoots it. He puts it in a good spot, but he doesn't take his time with it. You know, he's the, he's yeah, Artie used to do that. That was how Artie scored his goals. You ever remember a pretty goal off of Artie's blade? And believe me, I'd say the same thing if Artie was sitting with me here right now. Do you ever remember a pretty goal? No, no. He found it and he slammed it. 
The Penguins might not have one of these, but they also might. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Randy Duncan. I had a feeling this was going to be coming today, given the way yesterday's show ended. Randy says, so, DK, how far would you go for Connor Hellebuck? Would it be a first rounder packaged with a Brian Rust or even a Jake Gensel? You said you would do what it takes. What realistically gets it done? Randy, a lot of this has nothing to do with anything on the Pittsburgh end, regardless of who's the GM. Because the the mess that's in Winnipeg, and it is a massive mess, involves a general manager who's been there for a long time who has really lost his mojo and has lost the faith of the public in Kevin Sheveldayoff. They've had some very, very talented teams, and they've not gotten it done. He's not gotten it done. And when you end the season as disastrously as the Jets did in their playoff round and then snapping at each other and Rick Bonus, the head coach, trashing the team's leadership right after the elimination game and players snapping at Bonus and everything else, you very much get the sense that they're done with this phase of the franchise, and that means you might even consider moving guys like Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, and if you do that, that's when you're signaling at least, at the least, a short-term rebuild. So when you're talking to Hellebuck, as the reporters did after that, and Hellebuck says, you know, I got one more year on my contract, I'm not interested in being part of any kind of rebuild, well, now if you're the Jets, you almost have to move him? If you've made the decision that you're going to kind of blow things up, and they actually do have some very good younger players there, they could pull off a rebuild. But to sell the goaltender on that, I don't know that they can do that. Uh, I don't know that they won't. But my point is, that's the first part of this that has to play out. A lot like the Kyle Dubas thing, the Fenway Sports Group people were not going to be able to do anything with Dubas until the entire circus in Toronto played out. Actually, playing out exactly the way it did was optimal, if Dubas is your choice. If it gets to the point that the Jets would trade Hellebuck and that becomes known, you'll probably have no fewer than, wow, Want to play along here with me and try to take a guess at how many teams would want him? I mean, what is it, 25, 26? How many current goaltenders around the league would you put in a category with Hellebuck? Like three or four? Like if you're Tampa, you're not going to go after Hellebuck. Now, if you're Florida, you're not going after Hellebuck. Uh, If you're the Rangers with how much they believe in Igor Shesterkin, you're not going after Hellebuck. If you're the Islanders, you're not. You see what I'm saying here? But you're talking about a very, very small list, and everyone else would be willing to do something, and something significant to have this player, even though he'd be kind of a lame duck, even though he'd have to be signed Uh, in order to make sure that whatever it is that you're giving up in a trade is something that becomes worthwhile for you in the long term. And it's 
it's uh, it's it's seismic when you make a move like this, regardless of whether it's Pittsburgh or anybody else. It's seismic. And from the Winnipeg perspective, man, you've already done a lot of bad things over the past year or so. If you're Shevel Day off, you can't swing and miss on this, even from a perception standpoint. You've got to make it look like to your fan base in Manitoba that you have fleeced the Pittsburgh Penguins or whoever it is. You've got to make it look like, whoa, Penguins' new GM is a total moron. That's that's how that trade has to look from the other view. So start there, my friend. Start there in coming together with whatever fake hypothetical trade package you might want to come up with. And by the way, make sure you're including way more than one first-round pick. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And as promised, no, I did not compare Drew O'Connor to Matthew Kachuk. I was talking about styles. Let's do this again. After the Golden Knights wrap up their series in a sweep as well tonight. 